0: Love, talk, radio. Good afternoon, inhabitants of the Internet blog world. This is Dr. Lawrence Simon, and my show is The Stories We Live By. Uh, maybe I should call it The Occasional Stories We Live By, because I haven't been doing a regular show. Um, a lot of reasons. Uh, I have a good one that lined up for next week about depression. uh, But I'm here today, and I want to talk about the sad story, the sad short story of six year old Gabriel Myers, and uh, put it in context with an article uh, in the New York Times, April 22nd, by Thomas Friedman called Swimming Without a Suit. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Gabriel Myers. and those of you who have listened to this before might remember my show, Who Killed uh, Rebecca Riley, um, little, or was it Kylie Riley? A little girl, two years old, uh, who had been put on a whole host of psychiatric drugs, was uh, like a rag doll, according to her teachers, uh, and uh, um, uh, finally succumbed about a year or two later uh, at the age of four. Uh, from an overdose of these drugs. The parents were blamed and uh, were held for murder of this child. The psychiatric profession and the rest of us who uh, allow these horrors to go on all got off scot-free. And I say the rest of us because we're all incomplicit to this. We're all uh, uh, dumbing down. We all simply accept Uh, what the experts tell us without questioning uh, uh, in terms of the logic of our own lives or those we care about, whether or not these stories could possibly be true, the psychiatric stories and some of the other political stories uh, based on labels, uh, which are so simple-minded as to boggle the imagination. So let me tell you a little bit about Gabriel. Gabriel. Um, I'll read from the article by John Burstein, a uh, staff writer for the Sun Sentinel here in Florida. Six-year-old Gabriel Myers and his dog Travis sat together in the back seat of the sedan parked outside a Denny's one morning. His mother was in the driver's seat, passed out over the steering wheel with a purse full of painkillers and a crack pipe. So uh, Gabriel was... uh, Not loved by his mother as much as she loved the drugs. Uh, Of course, we will say she's an addict. And uh, the psychiatric story, she's not responsible. But I say she is responsible. Um, I don't know what pain in her life uh, drove her or or pushed her or made her decide to pick drugs. uh, And being stoned and shutting her own emotions down and uh, ignoring her uh, precious six-year-old in the car. I don't know that. Um, But um, I'm not going to ever admit to the phony baloney story uh, that she did this out of an addiction and therefore is not responsible for what she did. Because if we're not responsible for what we do, then we're automatons, we're robots, we are something less than full human beings and uh, that brings us into a very bad place. What apparently happened is that the Hallandale Beach Police uh, 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 found Gabriel and his mother. He was removed from her, well- her care. I don't know where the father of this child is. It's not in the article. In fact, I think when I hang up, I'm going to write an email to uh, John Burstein, see if I get more information on this story, and do a follow-up on it. Um, It just dawned on me that's what I really should do. I'd like to find out more about this story. But anyway, he ended up in the 10-month journey through Florida's child welfare system that ended with the 7-year-old boy, now 7, found hanging in the shower of his foster home. State authorities say all signs point to suicide. Um, The... uh, State agency is being examined, they're going to give out all kinds of papers uh, uh, related to the case, and it turns out that the child was put on Prozac, which is a very powerful uh, SSRI, antidepressant, works as a powerful stimulant, and an antipsychotic drug known as Zyprexa, which has more side effects, dangerous side effects, than one can imagine. And here my blood pressure goes up, and uh, my doctor would be bangry at me if I, he lets, knows my blood pressure goes up, but that's too damn bad. Uh, why was this child on two powerful uh, psychological drugs, psychotropic drugs? Why was this little boy whose brain has not yet completed itself, who's still developing emotionally, psychologically, uh, put on these drugs? Uh, was he misbehaving? according to the standards uh, of our culture, of our society, the foster home. No evidence of that, Uh, although the uncle, who I'll quote in a moment, said he had behavioral issues. Uh, But what are the normal behavioral patterns of a six-year-old whose mother chose drugs over him and who apparently doesn't have a father? Uh, Is the father responsible for the child? In our culture, very often fathers don't seem to be responsible for squat uh, unless they want to be. And there really is nothing that that society seems to be able to do about this. Um, But it's a real problem. So this was, in effect, an unloved child. He apparently was with an uncle, John Myers, uh, for a couple of months and then put into foster care. Um, I don't know why John Myers couldn't keep the child, but I'll make no judgment about that. It's not his child. I don't know if he has his own children, but certainly raising a child who may have real behavioral issues, uh, who is angry, depressed, and upset about uh, being rejected, as he's been rejected, um, would not be an easy task. But he went into foster care. And while there, uh, this is a story that is so common Uh, Almost all these kids are seen by the shrinks as uh, needing psychiatric drugs. The drug companies and the psychopharmacologists don't look at context, don't look at history, don't look at the psychological meaning of things for the child. They just put them on the goddamn drugs. I had lunch today with uh, 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 a man who is a couple of years younger than me who is a psychologist work lives in my development goes to work nice fellow and i was telling him about the show i'm going to do today and the fact that the the six he said no they don't give six-year-olds uh anti-psychotic drugs and and prozac that wouldn't be and i said to him my friend they're now giving it to two-year-olds three-year-olds they're giving it to everybody says the uncle he had behavioral issues um But what he needed was structure, not medicine. He needed love. He needed attention. He needed what we all need all through our lives, uh, but which seems to be hard to get and hard to give, and that is love. Love is that feeling that we know that we're as important to those who love us as they are to themselves. And love, when we love another, We experience the fact that that person's life is as important to us. Their happiness, their life, their growth, their success is as important to us as our own. That's love. And when you know you're loved and you know you love, you're in the very best place I think human beings can possibly be. Poor little Gabriel Myers was not in that place. And so he needed love, but okay, I'll accept he needed structure as well as love children need that Uh, what he said the the, the uncle he needed structure not medicine excuse me he was not on medicine because there was no evidence that this child has any kind of an illness for those of you who listen to my show you know this whole idea of mental disorders or mental illness is a lot of bogus nonsense if anything was wrong with this child neurologically uh, and it could be found he would be sent to a real doctor not the bogus doctors that make up my field And as you know, I continue to say that those psychologists who sign off in the same forms as the psychiatrists are just as guilty in this mindless nonsense as the psychiatrists themselves. Um, It's good profit for the drug companies. It shuts the kid down. But what does it say to the kid? You're defective. You're damaged. You're used goods. Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. And then alters the brain. We've done. I've done a number of shows on this over the last year or so. Um, we know that Prozac, the SSRI inhibitors, um, the, the, these these uh, powerful, powerful stimulant drugs, uh, lead to a tremendous number of suicides and homicides. Um, very big proportion uh, of kids, relatively speaking, who take it. So much so that when the English, the, the Great Britain government, Great Britain, uh, outlawed this for anybody under 18. And of course, I think that these drugs uh, should be outlawed for all children under 18 everywhere in the world. They are a scourge. They are doing damage beyond belief. Said the uncle, when he was, not, when he was off any mind-altering drugs for several months, he was getting all A's and B's in school. So, Gabriel had been homesick from school on April 16th when his foster mother went to the drugstore, leaving him in the care of his foster father's 20-year-old son. Gabriel got upset about what he was having for lunch, locked himself in a bathroom. By the time the young man broke down the door, he found Gabriel with a shower hose wrapped around his neck. The 20-year-old called 9-11. Gabriel was pronounced dead an hour later. Uh, that's a story, folks. A sad, sad, tragic, avoidable story. Um, I don't know the nature of the foster home. I don't know what was done there. Um, I don't know what was done between the child and this 20-year-old. None of that matters, really. The very fact is that this kid got upset about something trivial when he was on powerful, powerful, mind-altering drugs within a context that said to him, Gabriel, you are unloved you are uncared for, you are nothing, you are nobody, you are unimportant. And it must take an awful lot of psychological pain uh, and confusion, real confusion, uh, a lack of clarity in thinking for a six-year-old to commit suicide, a seven-year-old, excuse me. So we're talking about something that is of major tragedy. And we're talking about something that happens all too frequently, something we never would have heard of 25 or 30 years ago. The idea that a child in need of structure and family and and, and a proper context and proper discipline and proper caring should be drugged with two very powerful, powerful drugs um, and sent the message that he sent. And his brain, a poorly formed brain yet, Uh, uh, altered by these powerful chemicals would have been unheard of, unthinkable, and probably even criminal. So let me turn to the Friedman article for a second because I think what Friedman is talking about, what I'm talking about, are connected. His article is called Swimming Without a Suit. And speaking of financial crisis, he writes, and how they can expose weak companies and weak countries Warren Buffett once famously quipped, quote, only when the tide goes out do you find who is not wearing a bathing suit. So true. But what is really unnerving is that America appears to be one of those countries that has been swimming buck naked in more ways than one. And he goes on for another two pages to discuss the fact that um, while there is a bit of hope sometimes on the horizon, Our schools are failing our children academically. And I won't go through all the statistics. Uh, It's not really important. Um, But uh, he quotes Wendy Kopp, the founder of Teach for America, uh, called the other day with these statistics about college graduates signing up to join her organization to teach in some of our neediest schools next year. Our total applications are up 40%. 11% of all Ivy League seniors applied, 16% of Yale senior class, 15% of Princeton, 25% of Spelman's, and 35% of the African-American seniors at Harvard. In 130 colleges, between 5 and 15% of the senior class applied. They want to teach. Good. The best and the brightest want to teach. Part of it, she says, is a lack of jobs elsewhere but part of it is students responding to a call that is a problem our generation can solve. Maybe it be so, because today, he writes, educationally, we are not a nation of risk. at risk. We are a nation in decline, and our nakedness is really showing. And I've always enjoyed Friedman. Uh, one is not supposed to say America is in decline, but little Gabriel's life And what we now do to millions of children tell us that we are a desperate nation in decline. That we no longer know how to deal with our families. We no longer know how to deal with our children. We no longer really know how to teach them. Not the individuals who are still the best and the brightest. Terrific teachers. A school here, a school there that demonstrates it still can be done. But overall... We are a nation that deals in labels, in short stories that have no real context, no real facts, no real meaning. We just call people names. You're a liberal, you're a conservative, you're a communist, you're an asshole, you're mentally ill. And our response to this is not to look at the larger picture, to ask How do we get the best people into education? What must we do to restore family life, especially family life at a time when both parents are probably working, when children are being put into the care of God knows who, when they are then vulnerable, uh, not because because they're not loved by those who take care of them, but see them as a burden and see their behavior if they're upset. Uh, uh, by the human conditions of their existence to be seen, one of our glorious professionals to be labeled with a mental disorder and shut down with some powerful set of chemicals. Sorry, folks, it won't work. It doesn't work. It can't work, and it's not working. Now, there are many reasons why our schools are in decline. Many reasons why our Our financial systems seem to be in decline. But unless we start examining our society, not from the point of view of labels, not from the point of view of who's to blame and the finger-pointing, but ask, what is it we're doing to solve the problems and what are the problems that we're confronting? How do we support families so that people aren't desperate and, while, and take drugs to calm themselves, whether they're psychiatric drugs or crack or painkillers. It, it's interesting that uh, there's a terrible thing going on in Mexico. Uh, guns. We sell their criminals guns, and they uh, use the guns to um, uh, uh, kill other people uh, while they compete for who's going to sell the largest amount of drugs here in the United States. We are the drug-taking capital of the whole damn world. Every place that that is filled with terrorists and and narco-terrorists buys their weapons from us, freely sold, and then uh, 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 sells drugs back to a population that doesn't deal with the solution of problems, but follows the lead of its leaders, which says, you're sick, you're helpless, there's something wrong with you, you're defective, shut down your pain. Don't learn to deal with pain. Don't learn to properly solve pain. Don't learn to carry your pain. Don't make your pain a a thing which ennobles you. Shut it down as soon and as fast as you can. If you can't do it with a professional, you don't have health insurance, steal something and take the drugs that you can get off the street. We are a nation in decline. I don't know if things can be turned around. I really don't know, boys and girls. Um, I'd like to think so, but I think when I read a story like this, and I wonder how many tens of thousands of families have broken down, and children are in foster care, orphanages, and other institutions, where the, the, the narco-terrorist uh, psychiatrists, can get to them and, 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 and pump them full of drugs so that they can be more docile. With all the damage that they do, uh, listen to the show I did some time ago uh, uh, about the side effects of these drugs. I have a number of, I think, really good shows uh, that back this up. So I'm focusing on only one issue related to this larger problem, but it is a massive problem in its own right, and I don't know how we turn it around, that we support people and we support children so that they can grow up to be educated and responsible problem solvers, creative problem solvers, individuals who can think for themselves, who can stand on their own, and yet who can love and be loved and and be part of Uh, A family, a society, a a, a school, a church, um, institutions that allow for individuality uh, because they're made up of individuals who demand their individuality and at the same time become working members, good citizens of their church, their school, their community, and the nation at large.
1: Well, I've been a bad
0: boy because I really haven't been on the air, and so I don't think there's anybody listening to this right now. Um, Too bad nobody's here to call in, and I feel like I've said what I wanted to say. Uh, Next week I want to talk about a very nice article in the New York Times Magazine section of May 10th, and it's entitled, A Long Journey in the Dark. My Life with Chronic Depression by Daphne Merkin and I think it's an excellent article um, and, and uh, well written uh, the author is a writer and I think uh, a most interesting uh, article so I've said what I wanted to say uh, I have eight minutes remaining but what the hell it's okay I thank you all for those who will listen um, call in at another time And uh, this is Dr. Simon. My story is over for today. Thank you so much, and goodbye.